Hey everyone, I'm Artisan, or Carlos, or whatever you know me as. Uh, so this is maybe the most unnecessary installment of this series I've done yet, um, because every artist that I'm going to mention on this episode, I have already talked about in different episodes in the prior weeks. Uh, so, you know, on, on week or months like May, June, July, where I didn't do episodes every week, ranking the top 10 artists of those months felt okay to do because it gave me a chance to talk about some, you know, cool artists and songs and records that I didn't really get to. Um, but this time, like I said, I have talked about everybody that I'm going to mention on this episode. So, you know, it's probably unnecessary to do these rankings. And I also don't know how well the rankings are going to age because this was a really, really difficult month to put in an ordering. I, I think, you know, the top five can be interchangeable. I think maybe next week, if I were to do this episode again, I would have different opinions. But the point of doing the episode now is just to... Like set a, I guess like a bookmark for myself about how I felt regarding all 10 and two runner-ups of these artists at this point in time coming out of August. We've already been out of August for like a week now, so I apologize for this episode being late, but better late than never, right? I guess so. Um, okay, so having, you know, gotten through all that, this is the top 10 artists of August 2021 in my opinion. And this is going to be formatted the same way every other monthly recap episode has been formatted before. Uh, two runner-ups that I'll just briefly go through, and then I'll get into the top ten. And that about covers everything that I wanted to for the intro. So, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the episode. So the first runner-up is With Confidence. They put out their self-titled album recently, and I mentioned in my review for it that I felt it at certain points it delivers on everything that I would have thought With Confidence would, and then at other points it kind of shows a little bit more versatility than they have before, and I thought this was an exceptional record that I you know, really couldn't get enough of. The second runner-up is Lil Lotus, and he uh, put out his first full-length project for his solo material so far um it was what was it called why didn't i prepare any of this shit beforehand i'm so bad at preparing things uh error boy he put out error boy and i felt like that record really got across everything that low lotus himself is interested in so you know there are elements of pop punk there are some hip-hop stuff there's just like straightforward pop as far as like romantic disaster fiction chris extenza uh, and then there was like some little small bits of post hardcore in there. And that's so true to who Lil Lotus is. And I will get to what I mean by that a little bit later on in the list. Um, but yeah, a really, really cool showing from Lil Lotus, uh, back in August. On to the actual list. Number 10, Grayscale. Grayscale is, is a band that I 
truly wasn't really a, a fan of in, in years prior. I mentioned in my, my review that my exposure to them first came from their cover of Love Yourself by Justin Bieber, and then following that up with their actual original material, I... I was like, all right, this is fine. I don't, I, I don't prefer them, uh, over any of the other contemporary pop punk bands in the scene over the last couple of years. But I acknowledge that Grayscale were still a talented band that did a- enough for other people. So it, that warranted their spot in the scene with their new album, Umbra. They almost completely turned me around. I, I think there are like just like a small few moments on the record where. I still feel like I have yet to be, um, you know, fully, uh, for lack of a better word, converted to being a Grayscale fan. But th- the moments on this record that hit, they fucking hit, dude. Uh, like, for instance, Carolina Skies is one of the best songs I've listened to all year from any artist. And I really don't think that I would have possibly come into this year thinking that grayscale would have had one of the standout songs and truthfully one of the standout records because umbra is still this really cool cohesive body of work that i think every pop punk fan really should go out of their way to check out number nine turnstile and that is for both the inclusion of their new record glow on as well as making a fan shit himself at one of their shows i don't know if turnstile specifically made him shit himself or just something was going on there i'm not judging you know digestive issues are really not cool but um yeah that was that was still something that happened uh anyways uh enough about shit and anything else like that turnstile showed the fuck up in august with glow on Uh, you know uh, similarly to what i just said about grayscale i wasn't totally into turnstile before this record i understood what they what they brought to the scene and i understood their importance and why they're necessary but for me personally i didn't necessarily listen to turnstile's music and think that this was anything exceptional or something that i could really really attach myself to until i listened to glow on everything about this record just it it, it hits everything that it's meant to they could not have done a better job at this i guess they could have in, in theory, because I didn't give this a 10 out of 10, but for, for everything that I could have asked out of Turnstile, which again is a band that I wasn't fully into before this record, I, I am so happy with what they put out. I think they did th- a, an incredible job. A, a, just the record has such a cool flow to it. There's a, a, enough versatility on here that I wasn't expecting from Turnstile. You know, Holiday, that was not, that Holiday didn't come with the record, like as far as it's its introduction goes that was a single prior it, it, it still just it hits everything it stands out so much it is maybe one of the standout songs of the you know entire year it definitely has been for the summer i would say holiday is one of the top songs of the summer as far as scene music goes and yeah man i just i i loved turnstile in august and i really really hope that that trend continues onwards and i I'm able to embrace Turnstile the way that they deserve after hearing Glow On. Number eight, Afterlife. I I mentioned in the episode where I reviewed Afterlife that this band kind of holds a special place in my heart because their single, Burn It Down, was the first single I ever reviewed on a weekly episode of this podcast. And, and so it was really cool to see like that evolution from 
hearing Burn It Down as being my introduction to Afterlife and then getting the rest of part of me in August and fully being able to understand exactly who Afterlife are because I in in this lead up with the singles I don't think I actually really understood the bigger picture of what Afterlife was going for on this record but having heard the entire project I I was so blown away by just the amount of layers that there are to this band I remember in the review I said they remind me of like a mixture of Wage War and Nothing Nowhere and that's kind of an insane you know um amalgamation because Wage War and Nothing Nowhere don't really have anything in common outside of being part of the scene. So for Afterlife to take concepts that those two artists utilize and be able to craft what is... uh, I do think Part of Me is a perfect record now. I did not give it a perfect score back when it came out, but having heard it time and time again throughout August, I, I I, I think I fucked up there by not acknowledging that Part of Me is likely a perfect record. You know, you have your heavy tracks here, like Burn It Down, and then there's, um, it was Miles Away that really, really just, like, scales everything back, and it's so strange to hear in the context of the rest of the record, but Miles Away was the song for me that really made me just, like, shut up and listen to everything that Afterlife were doing and understand that this really is a a highlight of 2021. This band just they they shocked me to say the least and i feel like i didn't give afterlife their you know their due respect or or due credit i mean or yeah respect respect and credit i didn't give afterlife enough of it in the initial review but i'm using this moment now to say that part of me is a perfect record number seven lorna shore so this is the second time Lorna Shore is making one of these lists in the past couple months. I believe it was back in June that I had them at like number six or number five. And that was strictly on the basis of To the Hellfire, which was the lead single to the EP and I Return to Nothingness. That EP dropped a couple, a couple of weeks ago. And the thing about the EP is that there were only two more songs outside of To the Hellfire. It's just a three song EP, yet... I am once again including Lorna Shore in a top artist of the month list with less material, considerably less material than the others that are on this list. And I feel like that was more than justified because of the quality of the material put out here by Lorna Shore. They just came out and fucking set everything ablaze, not to like use a a hellfire pun, but like they really just took deathcore for a fucking loop and not only deathcore but the entire scene because of how quickly the impact of to the hellfire was felt throughout this whole sector of music uh that song you know it already has as of right now i'm looking 5.7 million streams on spotify it had like a a moment of viral fame through tiktok and, and then like on youtube people were reacting to the the ending of to the hellfire and so all of that uh, acclaim and buzz that they were building really translated so well to and i return to nothingness because the other two songs on here of the abyss and then the title track they carry over the same themes as to the hellfire both of those songs are so disgustingly and grotesquely heavy i'm not sure if grotesquely is even a word but let's just say that it is for the sake of this uh you know run through everything lorna short has been doing the last few months it, it, it's just it feels so necessary for us. This is the exact 
like kick in the ass that deathcore has been needing and i i love deathcore there have been so many deathcore releases i reviewed on the ulterior platform that i've raved about and i love but i can't say that i feel as strongly for any of them as i do lorna shore's ep they are the fucking kings of deathcore the kings of that sector of the scene and i think they really can take themselves wherever they want to now let's say that they have a full length next year what the fuck is that going to do to us, man? Like, that is going to be some real game-changing shit. And I can say that confidently because off of a three-song EP, I think they have changed the game for Deathcore. Number six, Churches. I will reiterate what I said when I reviewed the new Churches record, Screen Violence, on a recent episode. I do not know if Churches are actually considered seen. I also really don't give a fuck because they came out in August with a record that I think is better than the large majority of artists who could be deemed seen. Churches, I I acknowledge that I don't really have much of a history with them. I've known about them. I definitely have fucked with a couple of their songs before anything off of the screen violence cycle, but for, for me to actually call them like a standout band that i've listened to that was really not a concept that came into my mind until i heard screen violence and actually it was probably on the single how not to drown which was out back in june that i i really started to think hey maybe there's something here maybe there is something that i could possibly feel strongly in favor of and that's when it ended up happening screen violence just i don't want to say they like beat the shit out of a lot of other records that I got to listen to in August, but there's a reason why I'm including churches, you know, so high on this list and, and why there are so many bands from, or so many bands who had releases in August that aren't even on here because churches, I think, outclass them. And, you know, the, the, I, I talked about in my review, the intro song, Asking for a Friend, that was like so euphoric and it just felt like such a such a proper way to introduce this record and then the song final girl is the one from screen violence that i've just had on repeat ever since this record came out final girl remains one of the best songs i listened to in all of august probably one of the best songs of the entire year for me personally everything about final girl speaks to why i love music so much and really a, a, a large part of screen violence falls into that category screen violence is it's a record for music fans and that's why i really don't give a shit if this is considered seen or not because you don't have to be seen to like screen violence this is just so accessible for any fan of any genre and i cannot stress enough how much of like a of a necessary listen i think screen violence is number five if i die first I mentioned during the runner-up section of this episode that I would explain what I meant by saying that Lil Lotus's solo record was able to incorporate elements of post-hardcore, and to me that made a lot of sense. Uh, so, Lil Lotus technically appears on this list twice, I guess, if you really want to put it that way. He was a runner-up, and now I'm including his band at number 5. And that is because If I Die First released They Drew Blood, which is one of my favorite EPs I've had the privilege of listening to all year so far they drew blood is a a 2000s emo kids dream 
as far as like being able to hear something in this day and age that like strikes every bit of nostalgia into one's heart as humanly possible when i hear any song off of they drew blood i'm just immediately taken back to a time period where admittedly you know my mental health wasn't really the best not that it's good right now it actually might be worse but that's a that's a different story um but it, it takes me back to a time where like you know my worries were different my priorities were different i was just a different person uh and the only thing connecting me to that child is this kind of quote-unquote screamo music the kind of shit that's just like so chaotic and all over the place and has like purposely done uh production quirks that are like not up to the standard that you would expect from scene bands in this day and age but again that's done with a purpose because it gives the listener an authentic experience with a a release that is meant to draw all of that nostalgia from the 2000s uh, the lead single for this, Walking Erasers Edge, featuring Connie from Sea Space Cowboy, came out prior to August. But even then, like, listening to that single, I knew uh, If I Die First would appear somewhere on this list. I just didn't necessarily know where. Uh, and then once you get into the rest of the material here, like, the second track, Just Another Body at the Bottom of the Lake, the second I heard that song, I, I, I was just so captivated and blown away by it. And that wasn't surprising to me, because there have been th- two prior projects from if i die first their solo or not solo but their like own ep last year and then the split ep with cd space cowboy back in may and so from those two releases i knew that they drew blow is going to be something that i gravitate towards and then let me let me tell y'all i fucking gravitate towards that they drew blood everything about this ep it, it achieves everything that, that it needed to i get again it's like a dream release for somebody like me who I, you know, I, I don't like to look back on certain eras of music. I like moving forward. I like embracing new shit. I like just being present for the future, if that makes any sense. But I will always have a place in my heart for these kind of post-hardcore slash screamo releases that, you know, 12, 13-year-old me would have been so happy to make his MySpace song. Number four, Black Bear. I have said time and time again, whenever there's an opportunity for me to talk about Black Bear on this show, that I think he is one of the most consistent artists of our generation. There has never been a moment where I hear a new Black Bear release and I feel like he missed. Every single time this dude drops something, it's it, it's enthralling to me. I just I get such a kick out of hearing new blackberry material and having something you know as an addition to his discography that i can go back to and he dropped misery lake it's a new ep back in the middle of august it was an ep that had been built up to pretty uh excellently in my opinion uh just you know his own branding and like the promotion of it through his social media i thought black bear did an exceptional job at all that the, the EP was actually, I think, meant to be released in July, got delayed a couple weeks, but that's okay, because now I get to talk about him as part of August. Uh, so, there were a couple singles that supported this release. Uh, there was You Love You, which featured Tate McRae, and then At My Worst. Th- those two songs you know, only, you know, cemented what I already knew, which is that this is going to be a perfect release, and Black Bear was not going to let me down. And guess what? Black Bear did not let me down. Dude never lets me down. 
you know, Blackberry is the epitome of that meme of like, if nobody got me, I know so-and-so got me. If no one got me, if none of you fuckers listening to this right now got me, I know Black Bear got me, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay to fall backwards and let Black Bear catch me as I am embracing everything that he brings sonically to the scene. The opening track for Misery Lake, Alone in a Room Full of People, became one of my most streamed songs for all of August. I think that song... It kind of exemplifies everything that I'm talking about with Black Bear as far as like consistency and catchiness and just his ability to write these incredible hooks that put like a stranglehold on your brain. Like it cannot fucking leave you. It's not possible. And I, I, I would imagine that, you know, everyone listening to this knows who Black Bear is and has listened to him before and hopefully is a fan of his. If for whatever reason you're hearing this, you don't know about Black Bear. You've never heard his music before. You have heard it indirectly, I'm pretty sure. You've probably heard Hot Girl Bummer on the radio. But as far as like actually seeking out Black Bear on your own, if you've never done that for whatever reason, please do it. Please stream Misery Lake. There's no way it's not worth your time. Number three, Press Tomiko. This was the biggest surprise of August for myself. And if I'm being honest, one of the biggest surprises of the entire year and the biggest reason for that is because i didn't know about press Miko before the release of their new record transmute i do not know how many people actually knew about them they were not a, a, a new band at the time of that release they're not like I, I was gonna say they're not like a totally underground hidden like gem they have around twenty six thousand listeners on spotify that that's not a small number. It, maybe it's a small number in comparison to like where some scene bands are, but that's really not a small number. And for a, a band that's been putting out music for as far back as like 2013, at least from what I can see on Spotify, it was like a real kick in the ass for this record to come out of seemingly nowhere as far as from like what I was aware of and make the kind of impression on me that it did. I I remember hearing about this record because someone in either Don Broco or Boston Manor or some other British band that I'm getting those two mixed up with had tweeted about it and was like, hey, everyone, go listen to the new Prestamico album. And, you know, I thought if it's somebody from Broco or Manor who's suggesting this record, then, you know, how bad can it really be? So I went ahead and I added Transmute to the lineup for that week's reviews and it ended up being the best record I listened to that entire week. One of the best records I listened to in all of August. One of the best records I've listened to for the entire year up to this point. Transmute, it, it speaks to everything that it is that I'm looking for in music. It has some really cool like rock elements to it. You can hear just influences and little bits of post-hardcore thrown in. It sounds contemporary as fuck, yet also like just forward thinking and forward moving at the same time the technical opening song another day was just th this like it was like a it was like a revelation man and, and i say technical because transmute the title track was like this intro bit that leads into another day but hearing another day for the first time that's the moment where i was like wait who the fuck is Preston Miko like how did this band somehow escape me this entire time? 
And then that sentiment just grows and grows as the record progresses. You get into Baby Steps, which is my favorite song on this entire release. And the way Baby Steps builds itself up, it's just this like big anthemic epic song that has so many layers to it, so many levels. And it's just like you hear something new in it every time you go back to it. At least that's been the story with myself. And then later on the record, Way to Know is another standout song that I remember on my first day of um, of school this semester. So maybe like, yeah, two weeks ago at this point, I think. Uh, I was just sitting in class waiting for it to start. I was just listening to Way to Know on repeat. I didn't feel like changing the song. I didn't think I was getting tired of it. I just kept listening to Way to Know. And it's one of those songs that just, like, it grabs me the second I start listening to it. And it doesn't let me let go of it. And that's really, like, you know, the notion for all of Transmute. This record was such a, a gem to discover in August, and I I do not know how I let Prestamico slip me by, but I, I'm at least thankful that I got to discover them, and now I have a, a band with me that I know I can, you know, count on when it comes to releasing incredible music in the years to come. Number two, Caskets. If you'd asked me prior to the start of August who I would imagine number one for the month being, I would have said Caskets, and I'm not going to get into why they're not number one, but rather just get into why they're number two, because that's still an exceptional spot that is still a spot that I think mirrors the quality of their debut album, Lost Souls. That record... It accomplished everything that I thought it was going to, and with Caskets, I remember hearing the lead single for the album back in December of last year when they dropped Glass Heart. That song just, like, I don't want to say it took me by surprise because I had already been into Caskets before that, but that was the first time where I listened to this band and I was like, man, they've they've got it. They understand everything they're doing. And they weren't Caskets at the time, they were captives. Some bullshit went down with some other fucking band who had a a claim to the name, I guess, and then that forced captives to change their name to Caskets and redo their whole branding. But ultimately, I don't think it really affected them. I, I think they still have, you know, the support of everyone in the scene backing them. They still have a ton of momentum going for them. They have the backing of Sharptone. They are in such a good spot to succeed. And all that needed to happen on their end was deliver on Lost Souls. And they did that and then some. Uh, the singles for the record, like, um, Lost in Echoes, and then Drowned in Emotions, The Only Ones. Those songs did everything they needed to as far as like build anticipation for Lost Souls. And then the, the, what, are, what are as of right now the deep cuts, those are what like really, really let this album just like flush itself out and grab everyone listening to those tracks. Like a song like Clarity, it, it falls so in line with what the singles did, yet it still just sounds so impactful, so effective, and it does its job at acting as part of the rest of the material here. And then you get into the following track, Hopes and Dreams. I really, really think Hopes and Dreams is my favorite song on the record so far. I think maybe if you ask me next week, that could change, but right now I'm saying Hopes and Dreams, and that's because of how different the pace is compared to the other tracks on the record. Hopes and Dreams, you know, is maybe like partly or halfway acoustic but then when the song like explodes with the rest of the instrumentation coming in it fucking 
like cements itself in my brain as one of the biggest and, and most like anthemic arena sounding songs of the entire year while retaining everything that makes caskets who they are and would make them so unique. Lost Souls was the perfect debut album that caskets or any band in their position could have possibly asked for. And I really, really hope that, you know, it pays off for them and we see results in, in terms of like, you know, record sales, ticket sales to upcoming shows and just, the the way that the audience embraces caskets i really really hope we find out that lost souls was successful in all of those avenues so before i get into number one i'm going to go ahead and recap the list up to this point the runner-ups were with confidence and Lil lotus number 10 grayscale number nine turnstile number eight afterlife number seven lorna shore number six Churches, number five, If I Die First, number four, Black Bear, number three, Press Tomiko, number two, Caskets, number one, Trash Boat. I really shouldn't be surprised that this is the case, and I'm coming on here to say that Trash Boat were my favorite band for August, and they had likely my favorite record of the month as well, because none of the singles ever miss. You go back to February when He's So Good dropped, and to me, that was a turning point because I think I've said this for a couple of other bands on this episode so far, but Trash Boat was not really a band that I held in like that high of a regard before this year. I understood that they were good. I liked their material. I didn't love it. So coming into the year, I knew that if there was going to be a Trash Boat record, I probably would like it but maybe not like put it on a pedestal and think that it was something exceptional and then i got to listen to don't you feel amazing and every you know perception i had of this band was seemingly shattered over the course of the runtime for the record uh along with he's so good you know you did have some other singles silence is golden don't you feel amazing bad entertainment and then um the the week that the album dropped they actually put out alpha omega which features coming out of plus as a single, coming out of plus his inclusion on this record, it, it stands out so much. It feels like an, an addition that I couldn't have imagined, yet hearing it, I now can't imagine it not being there. And then the song itself, Alpha Omega, it has like so much of like a new metal flair to it. It sounds so much like, like Limp Biscuit. And that came out at the perfect time because Limp Biscuit themselves had like a recent career resurgence. And so they're once again, like at the forefront of my mind and hearing Alpha Omega, it, it just, it, it made it feel like Trash Boat have their fingers on the pulse of the scene and understand everything that is happening. And they put their own spin on it while also, you know, providing these sonic tones that no other band can. Outside of the singles, the the rest of the material here, it, it's so infectious and catchy, and everything you know delivers with the same ferocity as the singles did. And I'm talking about songs like Vertigo, uh, Idios, and then you go into Cannibal, which has like the perfect follow up song in the form of the interlude that is known as "Live Like a King, Die Like an Animal." Like at that point, I was sold on the record. I thought, man, they fucking did it. They they really really just like you know prove me wrong and shut me the fuck up and then you go into the the three songs that close this record 
one of the best three song stretches I've ever heard on any album. All I Can Never Be, Synthetic Sympathy, and then Maladaptive Daydreaming. Maladaptive Daydreaming being the fucking standout of the record. It is the best closing song I listened to all month. The, maybe the best closing song I've heard all year. I'm not even going to fucking try and hide how strongly in favor of that song I am. Maladaptive Daydreaming, it, it's, it's a departure from what the rest of the record is, but it, it's also still so like definitively trash boat and they're able to get across everything that makes them who they are with a different sound and i think that is one of the you know recurring themes with the record that makes it so effective for me and just makes me embrace it in the way that i don't think i embraced another record in august and i said a lot of nice things about caskets and churches and prestamico and i stand by all that but i'm also saying that there there exists a, a world that we live in where somehow trash boat managed to even if marginally still outclass them trash boat cemented themselves as one of my favorite bands in the entire scene one of the best bands in the scene and i don't understand how there is any way someone could listen to don't you feel amazing and still deny trash boat's place at the top of the mountain in our scene and that's it. Those were my 10 favorite artists of August with two runner-ups. And again, you know, maybe it wasn't really a necessary episode considering that all I did here was just reiterate points that I made prior. But, you know, I wanted to at least keep tradition going. And now we look ahead to September, which, man, I don't even fucking know how I'm supposed to do this episode at the end of September slash beginning of October. Um... Because at, at the rate that it's going and considering what is still to come in the next few weeks, man, there could be some omissions in September that are really, really, really fucked up. Um, but, you know, you live by top 10 rankings, die by top 10 rankings, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that was all I had to say. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here now. Thank you for listening. I... Hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.